to another night here at the Resurrection Center. I am Mr. Wayne LaPointe, inviting you to join in another amazing worship, prayer, teaching, service, because everything we do here is about teaching, worship, prayer, the Holy Bible, Lord Jesus Christ, God, Holy Spirit, and so much more. So we thank you for taking your time out of this night to either be here yourselves or to join in on all social medias. So we're going to jump right into it because I'm excited to start teaching tonight, which is going to be about Paul's charge to Timothy. For those who are joining in, we are reading the second book of Timothy, chapter 3, verse 10 through 17. Again, it's 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. And the word states... But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. In some other books, instead of endurance, it's perseverance. Um, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every work. Father God, we just thank you for this word, and I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is not from me, but it's from your throne and your desire. I surrender myself to you, so it be your will. In your blessing name, we thank you and pray. And the church says, amen. amen. So I'm going to talk about four things tonight that relates to what the Apostle Paul is trying to teach Timothy. As you remember, he's writing this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, because he's about to be executed. This is the last letter that is written to anybody right before he's executed, while he's waiting um, his time. So the first one I'm going to talk about is based on verse 10, share in my personal experience with Christ to others. So Tim, I mean, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, you know what I went through, you know what I've seen, you've been there, you witnessed it, you I want you to spirit, uh, show your experiences, my experiences with others who need to hear it, to see it, because our testimonies is how we can help people grow. It's how we in, um, relate to one another. Um, he reminds Timothy not only of the teaching, but the conduct and the qualities that he has learned. Not only from the Apostle Paul, it says he learned it at a young age. If you really read the books, he grew up with his mother and his grandmother teaching him about the scriptures. 
So the Apostle Paul came later who took it to a whole new level. Not only that, he wants him to emulate to, and share with others. He wants to emulate everything that Apostle Paul was to others, meaning we're going to behave, act, talk like he was. We're supposed to be Christ-like. The Bible states we're supposed to be Christ-like. It's the same thing. Apostle Paul was trying to teach Timothy what that meant and to follow his example, which was that of Christ Jesus. So the qualities that we're going to briefly discuss real quick is purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. And again, like, like I said, in some Bibles, it also it, it says perseverance instead. But endurance and perseverance are almost identical. These are five basic qualities that every Christian should be already behaving under and also share with others. Why? It's because a true servant of God is others-centered, not self-centered. So we're going to talk about purpose. Purpose is the reason why you exist. It's the reason that you are here. It's what God designed you for. It's more than you realize, and we need to seek God for that revelation. When we're born, we don't automatically know what our purpose here on earth is. Some people are blessed with the ability to learn at a young age, and some people have to fight most of their life to figure out what am I supposed to be doing here on this earth. A lot of people are still out there fighting, want to know what their purpose is, feeling like they're useless. They have no purpose here on earth. Every single person has a purpose here on this earth. The whole thing behind that is how much do you want to learn it? How much are you willing to sacrifice yourself to seek God to find that answer? Many people in the world aren't looking for the truth. Christians are supposed to be looking for the truth at all times, 100% of the time. We're supposed to be seeking Jesus, who is the truth, the way, and the life. Find our purpose. We need to seek the one who gave us that purpose. He gave it to us before we were even born. One of Mr. Day's favorite scriptures talks about that. Um, we're going to go to faith. Faith, we all what faith is. It's not the part about blinding and what, I mean, believing in what you don't see. It's about complete trust or confidence in something or someone. In this case, your faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith that he was alive, that he was who he said he was, he did what he said he did, and that he is who he is. In this case, he is the Son of God. You have to have faith that he died on a cross for you. Yes, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's whether or not we're willing to get up, dust ourselves off like pastors told me in the past when I've messed up, and tell God, I am God. I messed up. I can't keep going on this way. I need your help. So I stop messing up. So I stop making those mistakes. And eventually, that does not a problem. In some cases, depending on what it is, it can actually become a strength because now you're using that to teach others, to be a living testimony to others because now you can relate to what you couldn't do before and it's helping them in a whole new way. Being Christ-like, you're walking in his way. Patience. 
we all know we all need patience in this world, let alone in a walk. Being a parent definitely need to have patience with your kids because your your kids will drive you crazy. Although sometimes I think my kids will tell tell everybody that I drive them. Even today, I haven't seen them in like what one day. And every time I see them for a long period of time, and then I get to see them, they're always like, "You are crazy! You haven't seen me for a couple of days or one day. You're acting out of your mind." Because I have so much fun with my daughters, and I enjoy it, so I just let me be me with them. So they have to have patience with me just as much as I have to have patience. Real patience that the Apostle Paul is trying to teach Timothy, especially with dealing with the city of Ephesians that deals with the goddess Diana. And also remember they're um, like in a they're in a section of the country where it's like um harbor, there's a harbor where boats are constantly coming and going. So deal like myself, Mr. Dave and Pastor they were talking about not only you have to deal with the culture that's in that city, you have to deal with constant multiple cultures coming and going all the time so he's trying to teach timothy you really got to have patience the which is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay trouble or suffering getting and this is the most cr crucial part and i want you to say it with me without getting angry or upset patience means you can wait you can wait on God. You believe he's going to do what he said he does. But when something goes wrong, patience means I'm not going to get angry in the process of it. Because even as Christians, even I myself, yes, there's been times where I lose my mind. I get a little angry. Or I get a little frustrated. I have to catch myself. I have to tell myself that's wrong. I have to ask God for forgiveness. And I have to keep pushing myself to remember what God told me. So patience is just being calm, cool, and collected like Jesus was. In all things, as a Christian, we have to show everybody what love really is. Jesus was the embodiment of embodiment. Uh, he encompassed, I can't say the other word. So he encompassed what love really was, not just love, what a conditional love really meant. Unconditional love is an intense feeling or deep affection of intimacy, fondness. It means I'm going to love you no matter you. Now, a lot of us in this room, a lot of those watching, and definitely half this world cannot say they understand what unconditional love is. Now, I could say I don't fully get it, but I thank God because he has allowed me to taste what unconditional love is. Now, it didn't last long. It, but I believe it happened in that moment so that I can understand the kind of love he has for me. It helped me understand the kind of love I'm supposed to have for others. So now I have a taste of it. I'm striving for it more and more, especially with every person in my love. I mean, my life, especially my neighbors. Now I mean the neighbors that live next to me. I mean my neighbors. You guys are my neighbors, my brothers, my sisters. My neighbor is the one who walks by me in the street as I'm driving or walking to, walking from work, walking down the halls. They're my neighbors. So I have to love them unconditionally. Even if they drop stuff, pick it up, or they throw stuff in at me, they talk nasty to me, they swear at me or in front of me, 
I still got to love them unconditionally. God expects me to do that. A city like Springfield, where there's massive multiple cultures, we're doing the same thing that Timothy did. He, we live in a, a city that has, I forgot how pastor words, but has multiple entryways into this city. So just like them, we have to deal with a lot of cultures coming and going all the time. There's cultures that don't live in this city but come to work in this city. So we have to love them at all times, unconditionally, in every way, no matter what happens, no matter what they do. And we have to persevere or have endurance. The power to suffer an unpleasant or difficult process or situation in a way or even in the delay in achieving so persevering it means you're you're having the ability to go through something no matter how much you're physically suffering you're mentally suffering you're emotionally suffering you're going through is suffering now we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes because perseverance is really important for us to get tonight so i'm not going to touch about it too much at this moment because i'm going to hit it in a couple of minutes so when you're sharing your experiences Remember, if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to remember the people we interact with need to see the fruits of our spirit. Because if we're not really showing those fruits, the person we're trying to help, met, save, touch, edify, whatever, how you want to word it, it's not going to last long. You're going to actually go and make yourself look bad. You're going to make Jesus Christ look bad. And it, it's our job to show these traits. It's our responsibility. And we can read about the fruits of the spirits in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. So I'm just going to read it really quick. Uh, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you really read or listen to some of the fruits I just said, I just went over that. Your purpose in life is to love one another. Now, yes, God gave us 10 commandments, but in reality, when Jesus came down here on earth, he summed it up all in two. You love God more than anything, I'm paraphrasing, and two, it's love everybody like we love you, and love itself is covered so being kind to one another, being good to one another, being faithful to God first and foremost, and to your brothers and your sisters, being gentle, self-control when things are going wrong, when you're trying to deal with patience, and you're supposed to show love and you're supposed to appear, because I can't think of the right word, you're supposed to reflect or joy and peace because People want to see joy and peace in front of you because if you're always miserable, you're always distracted, depressed, angry, nobody's really going to want to be a, uh, around you or part of you because you're not showing what Christ was supposed to be like or is like, I mean. So always remember, if you're going to say you're a Christian and you're striving to be Christ-like, always remember at least the fruits of the Spirit so that when you're out and about, people are looking at you, you're reflecting him at least some manner. Now, I say some manner because we're all growing. We're all learning. We're going to make mistakes, but we're always striving to improve in every area of our lives. 
We're never going to be perfect until Jesus comes to get us. So always remember, you're striving to be better in every area. So the second piece I'm going to talk about is embrace persecution, which is going to cover uh, verses 11 through 12, which again, it states, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, I want to get a handle on what persecution is because Americans especially think they get a lot. There's a lot of stories I could tell, but I don't have the time for it. But in reality, what we do with here in America is not persecution. It's um, inconvenience. So think about it this way, especially for, for us that are Americans, and we have to accept this reality. We don't suffer persecutions like other countries, like Iraq, Iran, North Korea, um, Japan, and other countries that are dealing with uh, like the people like the Islamic State terrorists, ISIS, or even in some cases their own governments that are coming after them to torture them, to abuse them, to throw them in prisons to the point where they killed them because they said, I serve Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm for Jesus. I believe in Jesus. However you want to believe in it, they truly get tormented like the apostles did. We over here, we complain and moan about our conditions while we sit in an air-conditioned building that costs $250,000 and up. Remember, there's people over in Africa and other countries that barely live in huts, might have a nice home, but don't have air conditioning, live in weather where uh, some, most days it's 100 degrees or hotter. I don't know about humidity. Postal could probably speak to how bad Puerto Rico is, especially in the summer. Uh, some of you as well. But we want to sit here and complain in an air-conditioned building about how hot it is, and I have to go outside to go do something, or I have to go to work. Really, people? Remember the ones in Africa that have to walk miles to go to church. Uh, I think I think apostles told me, even in Puerto Rico, people have to walk miles to go to church. People, There's people out there that walk barefoot miles in rain or barefoot in hot sands, rocky roads to go to church, bleeding, cut, hurt, yet they do it. Yet we don't go to church. Why? Because it's snowing, because it's raining, because I just don't feel good today. Who are we kidding? Who are we trying to show out to the world we really are? <clears throat> we whine about the rights that we think are being taken away from us. We have more rights than half this world and we complain about the simple things that we can't do or that the government is taking away from us. How many fights are we witnessing outside in the world today on Facebook, on the news, because somebody doesn't want to wear a mask because they feel it's, um, it's an oppression or um, something they don't want to do? I get it. I hate, I'm going to say, I don't like using the word hate, but I'm going to say it. I hate wearing a mask, especially at work. When I do, what I have to do, I, I constantly feel like that thing suffocates me. 
I have trouble breathing. I can't even yawn when I'm wearing that mask. I feel like I'm inhaling that thing to the point I'm suffocating myself. But why do I wear it? Because A, it's the law at this point. B, I care about my health. Yes, Jesus Christ will protect me, but he also expects me to do my part. C, I care about my neighbor like I'm supposed to. I love or I show them my unconditional love for them by doing my part to protect them. Now, I could get COVID at any point. I could go in, down, walk down a hall, pick something up, not pay attention, and do this. And next thing you know, I have it. And without knowing it, I could give it to my daughters. I could give it to everybody in here. If I really love you guys, like I say I do, and if I'm really a Christian, like I say I am, I have to do my part to A, obey the laws of the land, because that just commands us to do. B, I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm going to take care of you guys. I don't like wearing a mask, but I do it. I don't get in fights with people, and I don't come close to beating people up because they refuse to wear a mask. Do I pers My personal opinion, I think they should. It's only right that you take care of one another. But at the end of the day, we're called to be peacemakers. Now, we have a right to go up to him with respect, saying, sir, ma'am, would you mind please putting a mask on? I know it's uncomfortable, it's not fun, but just take into consideration yourself, your family, us around who don't want to potentially get sick. Now, take into account, flu season is also coming. So now we're about to get hit double hard. So be careful and be wise. Always showing love to everybody. <clears throat> Let's see. Is, is it God? <clears throat> so in this case, Apostle Paul is using everything he learned and lived to teach that he has to live a godlier life in Christ Jesus. Even up until suffering death like he is going to do um don't have the convenience of saying i don't want to go to church because they offended me or my family meaning all the people i've been discussing that really struggle in life africa north korea japan iran iraq some other countries that i've heard i can't really remember at the moment they don't have the luxury of saying, I don't want to, I can't do something because they're fighting for life. They're fighting not to be killed or martyred or murdered because of who they believe in. We to complain because we offended me or offended my child or offended my spouse. Us as Christians, it's time to grow up and wake up. God is coming or Jesus Christ is coming and the sooner we all believe. It could be five minutes from now. It could be 50 years from now. I personally don't know. But it's our responsibility to stand up and actually teach this world who Jesus Christ really was, what the kingdom of God really is like, and that there is a spiritual world that we need to start fighting. Many churches out there today, before COVID, stopped teaching about the spiritual world. I have ever said, I actually have to thank God because God gave Pastor 
um, a book to give me and it told me to read it for a specific reason. And I think I'm only in chapter four and this has really opened my eyes to the spiritual realm and uh, when it comes to spiritual warfare and about how the church has completely forgotten to really teach in depth the importance of the spiritual realm. Yeah, we've touched it here and there in this church, but I kind of hope with God's blessings that he will get put in a pastor's really going to hit it like we should be hitting it soon. The more I read about the spiritual realm and the more I dive into the Bible to learn more about it, the more I get drawn into it. I guess to the point where I'm reading it so late that I have to remind myself I got to go to bed because I have to get up in five, six hours. So I have to take care of myself. So um, remember the people that are in the other parts of the world when you are harassed, annoyed, offended at work, home, or even in public. It's not being persecuted. It's an inconvenience. It's not fair. It's not right. It's nowhere near our brothers and sisters all over the world are going through. Um, you want to see what persecution looks like? Read the book of Acts. You will see a lot of stories about what the apostles go through while they're preaching about Jesus Christ after his death. And the kind of torture they went through, the whippings they did, the beatings they took. They count, did I write it? Please tell me I wrote it. They count it as worthy of suffering, punishment, and disgrace, just like Jesus Christ did. They found joy, they found joy in being beaten and whipped because they found it worthy that they took that disgrace for the name of Jesus Christ. Yet we can't take somebody offending us. Wow. Give got a round of applause. <clears throat> so again, I was talking about perseverance. So number three, learn to persevere in the faith. We'll talk about this because this brings us to a piece of advice that Paul was trying to teach Timothy about the Christian life and about how we need to persevere. It's very challenging when you're persecuted, especially in this country. We just want to give up. If we could give up, if we could walk away because it's getting too hard, it's getting too rough, it's getting too difficult, we do it. We do it out of a heartbeat. And, I'm, and I'm, I can't say I've never done it, unfortunately. Yes, I have given up at certain points. Do I feel guilty later on? Definitely. But I've had to learn to not beat myself up over those little things. I've had to actually learn to not lift myself up, kick myself in the butt to get back up and start going back down the road that God had me on in the first place before I decided to give up on something. How true is this, though, in the modern world? And this is where we have to help people understand. We have to keep fighting. This country actually stood for something once in the past where we fought for what was right. We got into wars to help other countries because of the persecutions that was going on. Look at all the, what happened in, was it World War I where all the, the Jew, Jewish people were being enslaved and pretty much it was almost genocide. World War II. So we, we got in. We didn't want to get into it, but we kind of got pushed into it. So we took it upon ourselves to jump in 
and actually start fighting a war to help somebody else. We didn't give up. We didn't give up. But nowadays, we're willing to give up on anything, especially marriage. Marriage is like the joke in this world now. God created marriage to be something important, unique, and sacred that's supposed to last forever. Now, it's like going into a store. Okay, what do I want today? This one's broken. I want something new. She looks good. How about her today? Really, or him? Really, people? Stop. Huh? Pretty much. Unfortunately, I didn't want to get divorced. I fought against it. I lost. Amen. God has me where I got to be today. But at the same time, I thank God for that divorce. And I really say that in public because that divorce brought me to the feet of Jesus Christ where I became saved. Long story short, I'm not here today because of that incident. Could it have happened if I never got divorced? I would probably say most likely being honest. I have to thank God for the trial I went through. Um, the reasons are different than 2,000 years ago, but it's still a reason. Why are we giving up, especially on Jesus Christ? Many Christians are beginning to backslide. Um, in the book of Matthew, it states it, which we'll talk about. Actually, let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 5 through 12 real quick. Matthew 24, verse 5 through 12 states, For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, the kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of birth pains it will, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will rampart everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. And that's what we're starting to see today. We as Christians have to persevere through all this that is about to start and come. We have to be that living example for those that we are trying to desperately free from the bondages of Satan and sin. Now, granted, Jesus Christ does the most part, but it's us that he loves and enjoys to use, which the Bible states he enjoys using us to do his will. We ourselves don't have the power to help and save anybody, but the Holy Spirit that works through us gives us what we need, what we need to say at the right time to touch somebody's heart to give the Holy Spirit the ability to push them to the next level where they're going to say, you know what, I need you, Jesus. And we also live, and I like using, I like um, Lord Jesus' parables. In this case, I'm going to use how we, le we live in a weed-infested field where Christians are more concerned about worldly desires than Christ. And I say 
the wheat infested field because he had the parable where he went out and planted good seed and the enemy came behind him and planted evil seeds and they grew up together. So we're growing up next to people who say they're Christians right alongside of other people that say they're Christians, but only God can see the difference in who are the real Christians or who are the hares. Now, his workers asked if they should go and get rid of the tares so it wouldn't choke the good wheat. But he said, no, let them grow together in the reaping. I will separate them. When that time comes, and I think about this a lot lately, and I have to be honest, I think about this a lot lately. I've had some dreams where I, it's end of time dreams. I don't remember them. That's why I don't tell pastor or the church the dreams. But the more I have these dreams, the more I actually get concerned for myself, for my daughters, for my brothers and my sisters. But I have to stand up and continue to move on because that's God expects of all of us. We have to persevere through the physical realm. And remember, there is a spiritual realm that we're supposed to be fighting more than the physical realm. The spiritual realm is where most, if not all, problems truly lie. Things will get harder, but we, as the body of Christ, have to stop turning a blind eye to it. We have to be willing to persevere through all the struggles. It's not the struggles for our sake. Other, yes, we have to persevere to the end so we remain saved. But more importantly, we have to persevere to the end so our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors next to us can have that same opportunity that we do. <clears throat> and there's many books in the Bible that you could draw on from wisdom, like Job, David, Daniel, with his three friends, the Israelites, that dealt with real persecution. The Israelites dealt with persecution for 400 plus years before uh, God sent Moses to set them free. That's real persecution. So remember, when you go through hardships, remember, more, is, it a, is it a persecution or is it just a near, mere inconvenience that you really don't want to deal with? And number four is trust and allow the Bible to lead me to and in my faith in Christ which this relates to the uh, verses 15 through 17. Jesus and apostles warned us of the evil of men, false doctrines, and so forth. If you are going to be a Christian, then you need to read the Bible. The Bible is good word, his message to help you. It does two primary things. It will point you to your need in your faith of Jesus Christ. It will help you live out the Christian faith. Now, again, the Bible is an instruction manual. It's filled of wisdom from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelations. There are so many books in this Bible that can truly teach you on how to not only get faith, build your faith, strengthen your faith, and share your faith while you're living out your Christian walk and it tells you what God expects of you from doing that. Um, so at the, yeah, thank you, Jesus. So at the uh, chapter 16 and 17, it starts to talk. Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true, uh, 
It to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, I'm going to use the other words that my other Bible uses. The King James Version Bible, which is why I like using the most words it, the way I'm about to say it. But I also like the way this worded it for this class. So I kind of use want to use both. In KJ's version, it writes, the scriptures are profitable, meaning it's beneficial for doctrine. What's doctrine? It's what God expects of you. That's his command to you. Part of it is in the Ten, the ten Commandments, what he expects of us, doctrine. There's a lot of books from Exodus to Deuteronomy, Leviticus, and other books that teaches us what Jesus or God expects of us as a Christian meaning what his doctrine is, what he expects of us, what he wants us to do, how we're supposed to live our lives. The doctrine is what is right, not in your eyes. It's what's right in God's eyes. Because what is right in Maria's eyes, what's right in Pastor Jose's eyes, what's right in my eyes, what's right in Emily's eyes, and so forth and so forth, is completely different from one another. Why? Age, race, gender, background, culture i could go on all of these things will dictate what is right to you it doesn't matter what's right to you it matters what's right to god and he requires us to go by what's right to him because that's how people are offended i might do what's right for me but not just offended emily but i didn't know that unless she tells me if we went around every day of our life doing that with people we would get nowhere fast as a society. For reproof, meaning what is not right, you read this whole Bible, it'll tell you what is not right in the eyes of the Lord. That's all I'm going to say about that. This whole Bible was states for beginning to end was not right. For correction, to get right. Not only does God tell you what he wants us to do, what he doesn't want us to do. If we mess up, he says, my son, Dave, I love you. You messed up this way, but this is how I like you to do it. This is the right way to go. He corrects us. He does it with love and he does it with respect. Uh, and for instruction and in righteousness, meaning how to stay right, how to ignore temptations, how to ignore our earthly physical, sinful desires, and replaces it, sacrifices it for his obedience, or for the obedience to his will and his desires. So all true Christians, trouble will mount, meaning it's going to get worse. I read in the book of Matthew, Jesus told his disciples that it's going to get worse in the end times. Evil will degenerate men more and more. And I'm not talking about just me as a man. I'm talking about men as humanity. Paul is encouraging Timothy that when this happens, he must grasp more firmly to the truth of the scriptures, which he has been taught since childhood. Remember in the beginning, I said his mother and his grandmother had been teaching him about the scriptures and Jesus from when he was a little kid. So he lived it his whole life. Some of you have lived it your whole life. Some of you haven't. I grew up in a church until I was eight years old. 
And then I left church for 20 years before I came back. So I didn't have that luxury. But I had a luxury of God giving me a mentor, a great man of God, and a spiritual father like Pastor Jose. <clears throat> Who has God given you to put 